everybody, welcome to another episode of Cape Town, a superhero podcast about superhero things. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Hannah Mazel. And I'm Ryan Hamm. And, okay, so this week we set a goal for ourselves to talk about the DC movies that we like. And I think the idea behind this was that we feel like we give, we have, it's true, given DC movies kind of a hard time on here. And then I think in turn, some people have given us kind of a hard time for, for like, maybe feeling like we don't give enough credit to the DC movie universe so i guess this is a, us going into our defensive posture to <laughs> tell you that, that we there are dc movies that we like actually some dc movies that i like a, a whole lot and we wanted to go just to a sort of a tour of the dc movie library stopping at the ones that we actually think are really good and so we brought a collection of those and we will get to those um we do want to talk about a few little news items first we're going to start by talking about the very strange venom franchise which is like expanding evidently the 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 rights behind i don't remember i don't think we've ever like i don't know how deep we need to get into the whole like legal conundrum that venom is in right now because it is a little complicated, and I don't know how actually interesting it is. But the, the short version is Spider Man. Disney does not own the rights to Venom. Uh, Sony oh, owns the rights to Venom. Let's not get into that. Oh, man. So <laughs> it's kind of super boring. Basically, Wait, Venom so can't. Venom cannot presently be in the MCU because it's part of the Spider Man thing, right? Right. But it's but so they only have that agreement for Spider Man, not any of the like rogues gallery. No, I, 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 there's like some sort of like I think there's a list. It's probably just an Excel spreadsheet that the Sony oh, yeah. execs and the Disney execs mm-hmm. have access to. Some hairy lawyers over there. Yeah. They just divvied up the Spider Man <laughs> characters and Venom fell into the Sony side of things. So Spider Man okay. they get to share a little bit. Sony and Marvel, but they did, and they there's other like obviously like Aunt May and J. Jonah Jameson, and one really funny one is that Jessica Drew, who is Spider Woman, Marvel gets to use Jessica Drew, but Sony gets to use Spider Woman, even though they're the same character, but they can't be called by those names in their respective movies. So it's just all it's it's messed up. But Venom is gets his own franchise, and he's supposed to be, I think, the pillar of Sony's burgeoning spider-man without spider-man verse yeah and they released that venom movie and hannah we found out that you were the only one who actually saw it which is truly surprising um i can thank my husband for that he definitely was he pushed that one pretty hard um but very pleasantly surprised i mean i thought it was definitely kind of unlike the dc movies unlike the marvel movies kind of in a league all of its own in terms of mood and tone it's been a while. What would you compare it to? Is it like a Deadpool thing or a... Yeah, I mean, I guess probably closer to a Deadpool, but very different style. Very different uh-huh. style of humor than Deadpool, obviously. Like you're, you know, what do they call it? Breaking the, the, the third... Breaking the fourth, fourth wall. Fourth wall. <laughs> the fourth yeah. wall, thank you. One of those. They like. I, I don't think it's quite as like playful, but it's definitely... It's violent. I I, I don't remember too much. I, I hate that I, I didn't watch it more recently. Um... I think that it is a good space to occupy for for Sony. I think it's a smart move because it's per, like offering the audience something very different than what the MCU does and then whatever DC has been trying to do. Sorry, yeah. I like it, and I we you know just watched the uh, the yeah. trailer for the sequel, and it looks like it's kind of following in its you know predecessor's footsteps there. So I think it'll be just as good. I mean, who's the director? Did they get Ruben Fleischer back? for round two? I think they did round one. I don't know. I don't know either. Potentially Ruben Fleischer is directing Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Mm-hmm. And the trailer came out yeah. this week. Woody Harrelson, who is great and a oh, great like, casting. No, it's uh, directed by Andy Serkis. Oh. Huh. Really? Yeah, that's weird. I'm surprised that I didn't know that. I'm sure I I we all just point. found that out right now. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> a, is this his directorial debut? I no, think. I think he's directed some. I think he's directed something else. He was a se- oh, he made his directorial debut with for Breathe. And, oh yeah, that's right. He directed that Mowgli movie. Oh, that's right. The yeah. like the not- that was like very much CGI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the not the not Jungle Book Jungle Book right, movie. Right. Exactly. Basically, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's kind of, he's got an, he's had an interesting career coming for him here. I wonder oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm an what Andy his Serkis pitch fan. was like. Yeah. I like Andy Serkis. I have not seen any of his directorial oeuvre, so I don't know if I can speak to that. No. Yeah. But I liked but the, he, I li- yeah. the trailer, I liked the opening like 30 seconds with the breakfast thing quite a bit. And if it has yeah. that <laughs> energy, then I'm, then, then I could, I could be down for that. That was funny. Yeah, Yeah. it did feel very high energy. Um, I think with Andy Serkis doing it, like he's someone who understands, you know, CGI and all those things probably better than any other performer would. So I think in a movie like Venom, where you're really relying a lot on CGI and special effects, having someone who understands that can use it really well. And that that was definitely the case in the first movie. So you all should watch it. I can't believe that you haven't seen it. I thought I probably will. I probably will. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I, am not, I think you'll both, I think you'll both be like pleasantly surprised. Like I've heard mostly good things like measured good things about it. I feel like, and I think it's mostly what you said. Hannah, it was mostly people were like, I thought I was going to hate it and I didn't hate it. I actually kind of liked it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Tyler, you've read, you've read a lot of Venom, I think, right? Well, he's kind of had a resurgence in the comics. I know you like Donnie Cates a lot. Right. So I I, I assume you've read some of his run. So it's coming to an end uh, in two months, I believe. Okay. Uh, Venom 50 will be the end of Donny Cates' run on Venom. So Donny Cates is kind of this new-ish, uh, like kind of golden boy for Marvel who's become a very a very popular writer very quickly. And he, more than most writers over there, feels very, he's a little bit younger and he feels like he really came of age in the 90s era of comics and he does a really good job of taking the comics that he grew up on, which were the kind of like 90s edgelord characters like Venom and Wolverine Mm -hmm. and making Mm -hmm. them actually really interesting and really fun because he's actually a good writer. But he he finds a way to modernize that aesthetic in really fun, interesting ways. So he makes Eddie Brock, the the guy who started out as a major Spider-Man villain, a very believable and even very tragic figure. Uh, gives him a son early on that he didn't know that he had. Uh, so it becomes a very a father-son tale through most of it. And start does a lot of work exploring the symbiote. Where does it actually come from? Like, what is the symbiote? Uh, and he explores this whole planet of the symbiotes and this sort of ancient deity who's the the god of all the symbiotes who comes to Earth and was the the source of the, the big bad behind the big crossover event last summer. And I thought it was all actually handled really, really well. I enjoyed it a lot. And this is as somebody who is a, a hardcore Venom skeptic. Uh, <laughs> I got won over by it. I, I liked it a lot. So yeah. is it like hard sci-fi? Very. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes very cool. cosmic. Like there's oh, a lot of space great. stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cosmic yeah. traveling through the cosmos. So do you think like do you think there's enough like in that series or elsewhere to kind of carry Sony's Venom verse? I think that they would need a that that would be like a that would it, the Venom series where it kind of ended up going would need like a a Peter Jackson director and budget behind it because it does become this very big cosmic war by the end yeah. of it and that isn't Peter Jackson that, though uh, this practical uh, effects oh my god it's, it would be it would be super cool I just don't know that either Sony noted or director Jackson. of the of the Hobbit trilogy <laughs> and, and the Lord or like of the a, Rings or like a and James Lord Cameron you know it would like yeah. it's a, it became very epic and sweeping in scope which so far does not seem like the, the direction these are going because they're also they're trying to get this morbius movie off the ground which would be the oh, yeah. next like character and they're growing and and that just got bumped down the road again a little bit i don't know how that's gonna go i do so love I that know. they're like leaning into this uh like 90s extreme uh <laughs> yeah. universe i'm hoping for this is like the papa roach resurgence for <laughs> movie soundtracks oh my gosh get can you papa roach and evanescence back yeah avril lavigne doing a slow pretty song in the middle yeah. and, then, and then chad oh, comes you can't in have chad yeah. kroger and avril lavigne in the same soundtrack they're that's divorced they're, I think that's they're grown-ups right. they're adults <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they can have a professional <laughs> relationship <laughs> Yeah, I, I do right. feel like though that no, he's he's not. He's too soft for for Venom. You need to get someone, you know, like Andrew WK. Yeah, disturbed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of people who got married off this weekend, Andrew yeah. WK got engaged to Cat Dennings. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, Darcy. Congratulations. Those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, to to the happy couple. 
Oh. So great. I just have to say, music is worth living for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> love okay. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that if Carnage is like, um, sorry, Venom, I don't even know that. What's the title of it? Let there be carnage. Let there be, Let there be carnage. carnage. <laughs> Love it. I feel like I feel like they leaned into a very niche kind of slice right there with the style and of of the first movie. And I think Tom Hardy did a really good job of kind of playing a character who's like, like, dude, why do you keep making? Why do you keep doing this? Like, he's he's a you know very flawed and kind of a frustrating person, but um, you like him enough that you enjoy the movie. Okay. Um. So I think they they towed that line that of cool. like imperfect character but um but not so imperfect that you just like don't want to see him self-destruct or something like that you know um so i I think i yeah i i'm obviously one trailer kind of teaser yeah but you guys should at least start with the first and just enjoy it it's it's just kind of weird and out there all right yeah the only other real piece of news um, in the like the movie the movie situation that happened this week was we got a clip uh, a first clip of Black Widow. Um, and something that has been interesting about the Black Widow marketing, which I don't know if Marvel has done this before, is they have not revealed. So Taskmaster is the villain in this one, um, who is sort of this uh, kind of a B level supervillain in the comics, who has a pretty strong fan following, but is not a well known bad guy at all but he's this mercenary for hire his gimmick is that he has photographic reflexes so anybody he watches fight he can copy their fighting style that's kind of his thing um mm-hmm. but we don't know who's playing him in this movie they have not they have not announced who the actor is so i don't know if that means it's going to be a big reveal somebody we've already met in the mcu or if they got some sort of like big star that they they're excited to, to show us who it is they they have not they have not said yet. So I, I'm excited. I'm mean, excited for Black Widow generally. The cast is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Rachel Wise. Wouldn't it be funny Forrest if it Pugh. was just like no one? It's like a stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big the mask comes off and it's just yeah. a, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> I respect the stunt doubles though. You guys do hard work. No yeah. offense to you. It would just be funny for Tyler. <laughs> <That's your point. laughs> the only reason they have announced the actor is because nobody can find his name. Who was that guy? <laughs> They're scrolling through IMDb. Was his name Solid Stunt Double or Johnny? <laughs> we got to pay him. There's got to be a pay stub somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that I I am super stoked about that. Are you guys going to see it in theaters? You're watching it at home because I think they're they're going to do the Disney Plus release of that one, right? Oh, um, I, I think it'll be my big return to the theater. It's going to be my grand. I think theater. so too. Yeah. Grand re-entry. I, I'm excited. I returned to the theater uh, two weeks ago to see Mortal Kombat, which oh, obviously yeah. was a cinematic achievement. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> mostly, I my uh, my brother and I embarrassed my wife because we were dying laughing at every single line delivery because yeah. it was all extremely funny. Kate um, went with you? Willingly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Willingly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sweet she lady. was a good sport. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> but yeah, I I'm excited to see all these movies in theaters. I will be going to the movie theater as often as I can possibly do so this summer. I miss so it. it. Made me. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And I'm I am excited about Black Widow. I think there is yeah. a there is also there was a light tease from uh from David Harbour who is playing this character called uh the the Red Guardian He's, who's kind oh, of the Russian. Is he not KG Beast or KG Beast? He, KG Beast is uh, DC. Oh, character. Okay. He's a Batman bad guy. The Red oh. Guardian is like the Russia's attempt at a like at a Captain America, like the okay. like the commie Captain America. I've been and, uh, and Dave Harper is is playing him, and he lightly teased on Instagram this week that he they may also be including. Uh, the Russian Avengers, which are called the Red Guard, and include this extremely awesome character called uh, what it's called. His name is Ursa Major, and he is a talking <laughs> alcoholic bear oh, who I is kind of their him. whole He's character. Great. And I don't know if Marvel will be brave enough to like include him in this An Black Widow movie, but bear? I hope to God that he just always drunk on vodka, like very much yeah. a Russian stereotype with like tons of vodka shots. Um, and I don't know that. Yeah. I think he's yeah. actually like just his a dark mutant. materials. <laughs> yeah, I oh, think he's actually just supposed great. to be a mutant in the movies. Like his mutant powers that he's just a bear. Oh, Everybody's got to have great. something. See, that's his thing. I think something really interesting with Black Widow is like because it's a prequel. I mean, I guess we had Captain Marvel was kind of set earlier too, right? But True. yeah, you know, this is one of those Tyler to like to your point. We don't know who Taskmaster is, and I feel like 
they actually have the opportunity. Like, I don't know if Taskmaster is going to die because um, we know that Black Widow yeah. eventually dies, but we have no idea where, like what the villain does. And uh-huh. everyone kind of assumes that Florence Pugh is going to become the new Black Widow. But um, which is a, maybe Taskmaster like a possibility, is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Taskmaster is Tom Cruise and he signed like a nine picture deal. Yeah, and they're gonna have okay. like the Taskmasterverse. The oh man, the, except it's it we, crosses over with Mission Impossible. Mm. The, oh. Now we're talking <laughs> the crossover we deserve. The Fast Furious, Mission Impossible, Knives Out, MCU oh, don't crossover that we all deserve. Oh, <laughs> that was a lot. See, I was thinking, I you know, with uh, David Harbour being from uh, Stranger, Stranger Things, Things yeah. make the Stranger Things crossover because last, true. if you guys watch it, sorry for spoilers, people, but here it is. He like the end of last season, he's just like in Russia. Yeah, he does end up in a Russian I prison. Mean, camp, this right? is this is yeah. a coincidence, people. In the gulag, yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's, it's all right there. It's all right. They could explain right. anything with the multiverse. So yeah, uh-huh. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, um, it'll be great. We'll be in the theater. We'll be stuffing our face with popcorn and just oh, like super pumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got those every in every theater has those easy chairs now. You can like like, recline, like you have the buttons where you can like recline oh, yeah. and go back. Yeah, I haven't been in one in a long time. Oh man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> there's not enough popcorn in America. Oh, for what, I, what I'm going to do to those popcorn. Um, so that's <laughs> <Wow>. Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> so many refills of that big bucket. You don't even know. <laughs> so that's Marvel. But we are going to talk about DC. DC has been, I think, since really since we started this podcast, DC has, has definitely struggled a lot with, with trying to go toe-to-toe with Mar with the MCU. The last episode, if you didn't listen to it, uh, was a brief sort of breakdown of the Snyder cut and Zack Snyder's very, um, like sometimes very tragic, sometimes very funny, sometimes very bad, and sometimes like genuinely moving. I think, uh, story of him trying to get this DC franchise off the ground, especially his magnum opus, the Snyder cut of the justice league. So if you want to hear more about Snyder, uh, we did cover that in detail in the last episode. This one is going to be a little more scattershot. We're just going to kind of jump across to a bunch of DC movies. But it's, Cause I think it's easy to forget now because I don't think there's really ever been a franchise quite like the MCU, which has been this dominant, but there was yeah. a time when DC movies were far and away the, the like on top of the superhero movie yeah. game. They had an and earlier even, start in yeah. like recent history for sure. Yeah. I mean, people remember the Nolan movies, but all the way back with Richard Donner and Superman, uh, they really kicked off the superhero movie thing at a time when it's really hard to imagine for us now, I think what a risk that would have been to do a big budget superhero movie out of something that was still at the time seen even more than it is now. It's very much this unserious kids medium. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like Ryan, you, we've, uh, I, re- I rewatched the first Superman movie this way, and I know you did too. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your, what were your thoughts coming out of it? It's interesting because watching like the Donner Superman movies, like it doesn't remind me of a superhero movie as much as it does remind me of like the early Star Trek films and even like to a lesser extent, A New Hope. Um, Uh Like it's clear that all those movies and filmmakers and obviously composers are kind of all playing in the same water, Um, you know, and uh, like that's I think that's what's interesting is like. The special effects aren't there, but the like kind of the feeling is. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it actually, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very it's su- honestly. Superman the motion or Superman the movie reminds me the most of Star Trek the motion picture, like the first Star Trek, where it's like that's a good, it's like super yeah. cool, but like also kind of boring. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can but see it, that. It's not as it's not as like splashy as what we're used to. Yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, things are more subtle. No. It's it's it does have it, you forget I've, i'd forgotten that superman doesn't really show up until like well over halfway through yeah the, yeah. the movie it's mostly a clark kent story for the first yeah. for the first like what probably 45 minutes yeah at 45 least. minutes when he does make his appearance with the the very famous uh helicopter malfunction scene with lois lane in it uh it's a it's actually i think of an extremely well directed scene a great superhero reveal moment because it, which is helped hugely by the john williams score which yeah. is which is just mm-hmm. terrific and it starts playing and and uh, Christopher Man, Reeves. That score gives you chills. Yeah, it's sorry. it's really perfect. It's probably the best yeah. superhero score still now yeah. that we've got. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really good. 
and Christopher Reeves really nails in a way nobody I don't I don't think any other live action Superman has the the he's almost a dork like he is yeah. not a he he feels more like Mr. Rogers than he does like yeah. a, a he's he's so friendly that it's he Lois Lane asks like who are you and he doesn't say oh, I'm Superman he just says I'm a friend it's very sweet but it does not come across in any way like what we think of superhero material now yeah yeah um, but it works i think it really does it yeah, does mm-hmm. work i enjoy it a lot it's what a very I think, cool scene and physically i think christopher reeve did an incredible job of like the transition from clark kent to superman um yeah like every scene with clark kent he's sort of like hunches over his shoulders and he's like very demure and sort of like stares at the ground and then mm-hmm. every scene is Superman. He's got his shoulders back. He's standing broad chested. It's like he just projects this air of confidence that's not there when he's Clark Kent. And it's just like it's really interesting to see um, the other actors play off of him, too, particularly Margot Kidder. Oh, yeah. I love Margot Kidder. Well, I haven't seen this one in a couple of years, actually, but I, I do love this film. I can't remember. But did he kind of like play like like as a little bit clumsy mm-hmm. as like Clark, that was kind of part yeah. of like a shtick. Like I, I kind of remember him like dropping things, just kind yeah. of like totally like. I don't. It was almost on like Buster Keaton type, like physical comedy. He, he's yeah. like yeah. he's he's like the he's like the heroine in a rom com, or like oh <laughs> such a klutz ball, oops a daisies, <laughs> but it's but it it works. You can almost mm-hmm. believe that nobody can figure out that he's actually Superman. It's still yeah. a little strange when they get close to his face, but right. uh, <laughs> but it yeah. is it is it's a little more believable just on the strength of Reeves' performance. Yeah, and I mean every Superman movie, uh, Lex Luthor's plan makes absolutely zero sense. Um, <laughs> but Gene Hackman really tries. <laughs> yeah, Gene Hackman really tries to sell it from his underground lair. I love Gene Hackman. Oh yeah, he is one of my favorite actors of all time. Him and really? Tom Wilkinson. Oh yes, oh. they're they're so good. He plays a, like a time. really good villain. He's very, I don't know. He's like very charismatic, and you just kind of like buy into whatever he's saying, and you have to like watch and you have to listen to every word whenever he speaks. Um, but him, and I, I wanted to ask you what you thought of the villains because they have like two really good actors. They have Gene Hackman. They have Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Which, uh-huh. You know, we were talking before we started, you know, recording this about like some of those like really upper echelon actors that they've gotten in the MCU, like Sir Ben Kingsley and yeah. a few others. And I feel like Terrence Stamp is kind of like yeah. what a that win. in this movie. Oh, man. And yeah. then Gene Hackman, too. They're just powerhouses. You yeah. have to watch them when they're on screen. Can't look away. And I mean, yeah, like uh, Terrence Stamp is great. but it's. I mean, they also have Marlon Brando. <laughs> Which is like, yes, I feel like is the pinnacle of that, right? Like, I yes, mean, that was you know that was basically I think that was like not that long after the Godfather. Um, so it's just wild that you know it's <laughs> that like, he, that he's oh yeah movie. we got Don Carleone and uh, in the <laughs> Superman movie to deliver these extremely hammy monologues about what it means to be Kryptonian. I wonder oh. what the pitch was at the time, even because it okay. really is hard to imagine they're, them going to adults and saying, <laughs> "We want to dress you up in this, and you're gonna like fly around." Mm-hmm. And for them to just not be like Christopher Reeves, not a super well-known actor at the time, he was kind of plucked from obscurity for this, and and obviously nailed the role. He was the right guy for the part. But, and I guess the money they saved on him, they probably could use to get to get people like Brando. And uh, and then in the next one, I would imagine the budget went up quite a bit. I think the first one's quite a bit better, um, but you do have the Neil before Zod stuff that that comes mm-hmm. in. Is I think the action is actually a little bit better uh, in the sequel too. Yeah, for sure. It's fat. It moves a little bit faster. It is interesting. Like, and I'd kind of forgotten this until I was thinking about it as I was watching it. Like, you know, there was that. Uh, I mean, my family were big Nick at Night fans, which I don't know if other people's were. Oh, ditto. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but sure. I don't know if you guys remember the old Adventures of Superman movie. Um, it was like an old, like from the 50s. Um, series? Yeah, it was like a, it was it was a, like series, a TV right? series. Yeah, and it was black and white, and then it turned color. It was um, George Reeves was the name of that. Act, yeah, right? George, yeah, no relation, yeah. but no relations. Yeah. But so it is interesting that like maybe the cell was a little bit easier then because Superman was so like immersed in the American consciousness mm-hmm. because, you know, they just come off of essentially like a decade long TV show 
um, like, you know, 10 years before they'd started filming this. So maybe that was a little bit easier. It would be like us pitching a Frasier movie to someone. And <laughs> <laughs> well, and they had, they're also the, probably the most recent superhero phenomenon in the tank at that point was they're about 20 years removed from the, uh, from the Batman TV show at that right, point, right. if, I, if yeah. I remember right. Uh, maybe not even less than that, probably 15 yeah, years I think it was from the Batman yeah. show. Yeah, it came out in 78, yeah. uh, Superman movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? so I mean, that's only, so that and that's only 12 years after the Batman movie too. But the Batman show was like obviously very campy and, and silly and sort of owned its, its weirdness. And Donna really pitched Superman as a very, as not, I wouldn't call it serious. It's not a serious movie, but it's a very earnest movie, which suits the character very well. It it worked for that. I don't think you could do a campy Superman movie, or at least that's not something I'd be super interested in from a Superman movie. And then after that, then there were the Superman franchise took a pretty quick turn downhill uh, and, and just disappointing box office returns, including the Richard Pryor one, which should be seen because it's so strange, but it's not yeah. good. It, it, and I'm actually here to fight movie. for Superman 3 because I watched this one <laughs> recently as well. It's, I mean, and okay, to be clear, it's not good, but it is very fun. Um, but it's not Richard, Justice League bad. Right. It's not saying? Justice League bad because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like... Yeah, it's not like ponderous. It's sort of just, you know what it reminds me the most of um, is actually like the first probably two thirds of Wonder Woman 84 where it's just like this is the most unhinged movie I've ever seen and I can't believe like what's unspooling on my television. Um, And that's what Superman 3 reminds me of because it's, I mean, it's got everything. It's like. Richard Pryor is a computer hacker. There, he's making tornadoes. Superman like literally battles his super ego. It's oh, it's incredible. It's great. That part isn't sounds the, cool. Yeah, isn't the, there a part? I it's kind of like burned into my memory where a lady gets turned into a robot. Yeah, yeah. The, so they build a huge supercomputer in a desert. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's she gets very, like really, sucked into a computer closet and turned into an android, and then she it, starts I mean, shooting it stuff. Creeped me way out when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I don't remember I much do of that need movie. To see that. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it was, it's a great time. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's I, it's basically like it's basically like the tone of Wonder Woman '84's first two thirds before it turns into like before they really try to like make Wonder Woman like 84 mean something. <laughs> so it's basically like, it's like, it's like that, but without the lesson. So it's great. The whole thing is just completely unhinged. It's awesome. Gal Gadot's history of going serious. I would call it, I would say is checkered at this point. Yeah. It's not, not the an, best. An uneven legacy. Yes. So then we come to the Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, and I wanted to read before we got going on this, I've came across a list of the actors who are all in these are, this is a list of actors who are in serious consideration for Batman before it obviously went to Keaton. And, uh, so these are, these are the people that Burton was interested in. And most of these, all what I've confined is that most of these people actually read for it. I don't know how many, what most is, and I don't know which ones, but they said most of these characters read for it at some point, Tom Cruise. Daniel Day-Lewis, Kurt Russell, Johnny Depp, Alec Baldwin, Pierce Brosnan, Charlie Sheen, Harrison Ford, Kevin Costner, and this is true, Bill Murray. We're all in the, <laughs> we're all in the, we're all in the hat at one point. Man, that is before the world finally went to Keaton. And I don't know if they turned it down. Like, I don't know if any of that, like, I don't know if the role part was offered to anybody. I do know that Keaton at the time was considered a very strange pick. He was mostly known for comedy at that point. Uh, and I think fans who were kind of excited that this would be a dark, serious Batman movie <laughs> were worried that. Michael Keaton's casting would mean is going to be another like a rehash of the 1960s TV show that they were going to go for a very funny route again. But instead, what we got was the Batman movie, which became an enormous blockbuster at the time. It was the highest grossing summer movie at that time of any movie ever. And uh, that one I I popped in again, too. uh, This week, Ryan, did you get did you get you did a little rewatch of the Burtons, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. I hadn't seen it in gosh, probably like fifteen years. Yeah. Um, so it was it was fun to go back. Fun uh, fact: that movie is as old as I am. <laughs> oh, no, look at that! Yeah, because it came out 80, oh. 80, 89? 89. What, do, what do you think yeah. of it? What's your memory? What's your memory of this movie? Like, do you remember when you first saw this movie? 
I remember my brothers watching it who are respectively three and almost seven years older than me. Um, yeah. I watched a lot of movies like in the periphery, you know, like where sure. I wasn't really allowed to watch them. And I was like peeking behind a wall and, you know, trying to see what was happening. I, you know, for whatever reason, the first Batman movie was not very memorable to me, probably just because of my nubile childish mind. Like there's certain <laughs> things that just didn't, like it's a tough one for kids. I think it, it is a little, yeah. it is a little, it's not super child friendly. Oh, My parents would not no. watch it. No, none yeah, of I wasn't are. allowed to watch it either. I yeah. have a very, vivid I was so mad about it because yeah, I wanted to too. watch it. So I had a, I had a Batman sweatshirt, but I wasn't allowed to watch the movie. Oh yeah. I had like, but, stuff. I like, I think I had a Batman bedspread or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I had all the gear, <laughs> yeah. but I did not. I have, have this very vivid memory of fan. being, <laughs> I have a very vivid memory of being at my grandparents' house, like for a Christmas celebration, and my mm-hmm. uncle, who had just seen it, like coming and telling me like all the scenes that were really cool. Like I remember him very uh-huh. like vividly telling me about that scene where he like tells the Batmobile to like put shields up and uh-huh. it like you know, all the shields kind of go up. And just thinking, like, you know, I was five and just being like, that sounds so cool. <laughs> just, like, being so sad that my parents wouldn't let me see it. I have, like, a bad hot take on it. And this makes me okay. sound like a freaking millennial, but whatever. I can't wait. I was really bored watching that movie. Like, uh, I haven't, I didn't watch it this week, but I've, I watched it, like, a year ago with my husband. Uh, and we both got like halfway through it. We're like, I, I recognized when this was like good, a good movie and like how it was like a big deal when it was released back in 1989. But I was quite bored watching Batman. Yeah. Just maybe I mean, hasn't I aged. Think, I get I get that. I, I don't think it has. Yeah. I think that's kind of fair. I mean, I think as I was rewatching it this time, I actually think it's a much better movie before Jack becomes Joker. Uh, weirdly enough, like I think Jack Nicholson's menace uh, kind of like gets overshadowed by the like kind of campy, oh, like, kind yeah. of campy version point. of Joker that he plays. Um, totally agree. Like I think there's some cool other other parts too, but I mean I also think that you know as I was rewatching, it struck me that um, Keaton's Batman is for sure the one who most resembles kind of the comic books detective side of Batman. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably like, there's a reason why films don't lean in on that because it's not terribly exciting to watch a dude sit in front of a huge bank of computers. <laughs> no, not really. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. Thinking there's a few very good shots in there. Like there are some really like memorable and the costume doesn't look too bad. All things considered, like, it's pretty robbery. Yeah, yeah. But but it does it looks like oh, yeah. something Rubber. from the art at that time. It, it yeah. really it like and they really just went for it. Um, Are we gonna lump Batman Returns into the same conversation? We got to talk about Batman Returns. It's a it's, like a, kind of it's a different that together. movie is unhinged. <laughs> that movie is. <laughs> yeah, I have some thoughts on that one. No yeah. chill. Well, I think for Batman Returns. I mean, yeah, I mean. This is another one my parents wouldn't let me see. And as an adult, I'm just like, there's good reason for that. (laughs) Because it is like insanely violent. Um, Um, It's also cringy. It's like very cringy in certain scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Watching but, it in 2021, there's some weird sexual stuff in there that like very weird, the penguin, very weird sexuality yeah. going on there. Yeah, that it's we, very I don't uncomfortable. Really, it's it's not. There's a reason it doesn't come up a whole lot. I think. Yeah, you have two really great performances with Danny DeVito and yeah. uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who are both really yeah. good and just you just eat their roles alive. Yeah, yeah, but they still say really cringy stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not arguing against it. I think the performance. I know because I always remember their performance. Like and yeah. like and my like my my memory of Batman Returns was like, oh yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer looked hot. She was like that costume, and I loved like Christopher Walken was <laughs> Christopher yeah. Walken. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed his weird character Shrek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's where the Shrek story actually originates. Yeah, Straight. exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that'd be funny though. It was, um, but I, yeah, definitely cringe. I, like certain parts. I would say problematic dialogue. It, it's a. It feels like I think I said this to you, Ryan. It feels like a mostly a Tim Burton movie that happens to yeah. have Batman characters in it. Like, yeah, it's very it's much. What, it's coasting on that Edward Scissorhands energy. Yeah. Yeah, because my wife, my wife asked me how it was as I was watching. I was like, honestly, it's like 
a Tim Burton fever dream. I was like, it has everything. I was like, it's got like the sideshow freak show. I was like, it's got the depraved circus. I was like, it's got weird music. It's got like the problematic father son relationship. I was like, it really hits all the buttons. Like everything about Tim Burton is here. Yeah. See my, my cringe really came down to like them making certain scenes very sexual that I felt like they didn't ever need to be like that. There was this in particular, there was a scene where the penguin is putting a pin on a young woman who's like, cause he's going to run for mayor and yeah. she, and he puts a pin on her and he fondles her boob mm. and like, not like subtly, like he's like, <laughs> like grunting yeah. while he does it. Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. so yeah. gross. I just felt dirty. He's the like grossest that. character I've ever seen. He really, yeah. He is. Yeah. I, I just think they could have made him gross without that aspect yeah, thrown sure. into it like they could like he was gross like eating a fish and like the spit all coming yeah. out of his mouth like, uh, it was all very yeah. visceral the teeth, yeah the weird and it was very yeah. effective i think you could have just made him like a gross character because like he eats raw fish and he you know yeah. lives in the sewer and he's got sinister plans like that was yeah. enough you didn't have to make yeah. him a he had sexual a, he had pervert. A penguin army yeah yeah i did forget that the entire movie uh is predicated on the idea that like Moses, his parents sent him in a bassinet yeah. down the river and he was Very literally raised by penguins. Very like, bla- Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so sad they didn't show that because I was like, oh, yeah, yes, please let's like see the penguins take him out of the basket. Yeah. Like, well, because I was trying to bottle. figure out, I was like, how what would that do? work? Like, <laughs> it's not like Tarzan. No, you don't they don't know. have like, yeah. a, they don't have appendages. Right. Exactly. But I was just like, do you think he ate like regurgitated like fish his whole life? From the beak? Yeah, that's gross. It's so gross. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, these are my stray thoughts about Batman Returns, which I actually like kind of enjoy. uh, Yeah, I think I think there are going to be things you enjoy about that movie, Um, like uh, like the first fifteen minutes. You don't even see Batman. You're just kind of in this Mm -hmm. weird Gotham world that's very much like totally a Tim Burton universe you know not really like that about those movies how much (laughs) of a place gotham feels like like gotham is a is it's it's a tim burton world for sure it feels like Mm -hmm. like like goth dr seuss kind of yeah it's a gothic art deco (laughs) but i think that works for the world a lot because it's a world where you can believe that people would decide to just dress up like bats for yeah to to fight crime it doesn't seem like it would be all that strange and I think I'd like I'd forgotten too how much the animated series owed to those movies. That's um, really true. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. even down to the Danny Elfman score, which I'd forgotten was in the movie before the TV sh- or before the animated series. Um, like that Batman overture, you know, I, I know we just like John Williams score for Superman is obviously the most, uh, I think iconic from any of these movies, but yeah, I would say like Danny Elfman's Batman, uh, like overture is kind of the second I would probably say for these. Um, so good. In fact, if yeah. you look at my camera, I have love the Batman score. <laughs> the original yeah, there we go. Yeah, it was my <laughs> first, my it was my first Batman so score. Yeah, yes. for sure. And it's I've, very I've liked, I, I, yeah. yeah, I like Hans Zimmer's Batman for the Nolan movies and I'm excited to see what yeah. comes out with this, with this Matt Reeves yeah. one. But I really, that was my first, the Danny Elfman one in the animated series, which we're, we're, we will do a episode on the animated series at some point, but that's kind of its own thing. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. We're obviously all fans of it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's too precious to. <laughs> so did you guys know that there was, Burton was going to do a third Batman movie? That there was, that that was the plan. And he had even set up, he had cast Marlon Wayans as Dick, as Dick Grayson to come yeah. in as Robin. And uh, Harvey Dent, who is in the first, who is who is the god Lando Calrissian uh, in Batman Returns, was going to have a Two Face origin story, and yeah. the, the WB just pulled the plug after Batman Returns, which did okay, didn't do great numbers, but it did all right at the box office. But I think they just felt like he was he was out to lunch, he was yeah. t- doing his own thing. And, and so I read that they were going to do a Catwoman spinoff too. Uh, oh, I hadn't Michelle heard Pfeiffer. that. But, but that yeah, makes, so they, they were originally have. gonna do a Catwoman movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, and eventually that turned into the Halle Berry movie. That is not gonna come up in the DC movies we like episode, yeah. unfortunately. No. Yeah. I do Sorry. love Halle Berry though. I just feel like she Oh yeah, nothing against fire Halle. Fire, fire your agent. Yeah. Halle. Yeah. She needs a good agent. movie. I love I'm ready, her. She's ready for her to get a yeah. good movie. Yeah, so 
so I was reading about like the potential third one, and apparently in the original script for Batman Returns before they because they switched screenwriters a couple of times yeah. uh, to like clean a few things up, um, and apparently in the original script. Catwoman gives Harvey Dent uh, like a kiss, quote unquote, with uh, with the taser that she has. Uh, and that is what burns his half his face off. So that kind of sets him up then for the third movie. As and they decided oh. to, that wasn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So they because they basically were like, oh, we have too man. many characters. So, oh, I always, yeah. there's always room but for a, Billy D in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's also <laughs> weird to think about like today, how what a big deal that would be considered to be like. Like yeah. to cast to cast black actors for two very iconic uh, yeah. characters, and at, I don't think there was like there wasn't any sort of like social media presence that was asking for this. And I think it's kind of it speaks well of Tim Burton, a, act, a director not known for racial diversity in his movies <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, that that was at least part of the plan, and it was the studio that ultimately said no to those yeah. things. Marlon Wayans still got a paycheck for Batman Forever because he'd signed yeah. up for it. It is wild to think about Marlon Wayans being in a Batman movie, though. I really um, as Robin? cannot picture and, it. Yeah, as, as Robin. Robin. So, so apparently, he even it. did a he even did a like costume like fitting yeah, and everything. The suit too. exists. Um, yeah, but just like the idea a of Marlon Wayans in a Tim Burton movie, um, and then B uh, Marlon Wayans in a Tim Burton Batman movie. Both of those are those have to be some of the big what ifs of the his career went a different direction. And there was justice was for Billy in- D because he did voice Two Face in the Batman Lego movie. So yeah, so it did came he really? Around. Yeah, it's a good callback. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. I was going to mention, too, they just announced, I think a couple months ago, that they're actually continuing the story from Batman 89 in a series of comic books written by the original writer um, yes. starting in July. So I'll be curious to check those out. I will, too. That's a cool way to... I've, they've, they've released some of the art, and it's just very much... It's like, it's Michael Keaton in a yeah. comic book suit. It's, it's wild. It's, I'm excited to see where they go with it. It's so funny because, like, Michael, like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Multiplicity or, yes. you know, any of this oh, old yeah, comedy of stuff. Course. Mr. Mr. Mom. Oh, <laughs> just so many good little gems. Uh, and so I, I, but he really pulled off that drama, like, the dramatic character actually yeah. very well. I think one thing that they've done consistently, I mean, I think that people have some, there's been some, you know, differing opinions on George Clooney. But um, I think that both Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer made very good Batman and very good yeah. Bruce Wayne's. I, I think that about, they let's they, talk about Forever a little bit. Let's yeah. talk about Val Kilmer's <laughs> Batman movie. This 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 was a tonal shift. I would say <laughs> yes, majorly. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> it was a. It goes to a different level. It's hard to know how to describe. It feels like they gave, which I guess they kind of did, like. A music, the a musical theater kid, a Batman movie. It, yeah. It's just mm-hmm. all set up for like a stage. Pl- it's filmed like a stage play. Yeah. You have Baz Luhrmann style. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, almost almost like a like a Moulin Rouge situation. Mm-hmm. You have expect to see an audience out there. You've got directed by obviously by Joel Schumacher. Um, Chris O'Donnell was Robin in this one. And then they had <laughs> really good cast. Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face, and Jim Carrey as the Riddler in this one. And they decided to go with Val Kilmer to be the next Batman, and Nicole Kidman as the amazingly named Doctor Chase Meridian, the extremely <laughs> hot psychologist character. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What do we think about this? She is movie? hot. Well, that was my first note. Was that Nicole Kidman? Looked really hot. Yeah, um, uh, she did. <laughs> I saw this movie when Speaking I was thinking of extremely 13. sexual. Just like Catwoman, she yeah. is like very. She is always trying to to. She is always trying to have sex with Batman, very <laughs> obliquely in every scene. Yeah, yeah. and, and I Nicole Kidman just goes for it. She just owns yeah, that. Yeah. I guess that's my role. That's what I'm yeah. here to. I'm here to seduce Batman. Yeah, <laughs> unsuccessfully. And I saw this movie for the first time when I was 13, and I can assure you Nicole Kidman's performance worked. Uh, <laughs> that was, she is extremely memorable when you're 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. At that age, it's a very memorable performance. And yeah, yeah. It, it worked for me when I was that age. Yeah. But I remember that Nicole better Kidman, than that. I mean, yeah. Well, and when I was 13, I mean, like Jim Carrey is the Riddler. I mean, forget yeah. about it. That was incredible. Uh-huh. I thought I, it was hilarious. I, I liked his, his performance as the Riddler was, it was, it's good. 
He's yeah. like, I think it, it fits the Riddler and his just antics totally. It was, what's funny is watching all these, like, well, let me back it up. I think that with the villains in uh, those movies, I guess, st- stemming from the first Batman with Michael Keaton, um, is that I think all of their villains are like a little too psychotic. That mm. was like another mm. takeaway I had. They're all a little too crazy. Like, like, like how, like, top. obviously, like, you know, Arkham Asylum is like a big part of the Batman world. So, like, mm-hmm. taking people from the loony bin and, yeah. you know, making a, a story out of it is, you know, pretty, pretty normal. But I just felt like that was one issue they've had, like, consistently is like they, hmm. like, until like the Nolan films, which we'll get to later, like, I felt like those villains were all like a little too childish kind of behaving. Like, in particular, Tommy Lee Jones, like, which, first of all, you're only used to seeing Tommy Lee Jones like a grumpy old man. Like, this <laughs> was like they, the one role he's ever acting kind of, at least I've it's seen. It's the ultimate, how really? did they talk Tommy Lee Jones? The ultimate, yeah. how did they talk this actor yes. into doing this? Uh, more than any other superhero movie. Maybe more than any other movie. Why did Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones? I gotta know why. I gotta know why he What why happened? He there, yes. Did he think it was going to be a different movie? Was he confused? <laughs> <laughs> but he, but like, even if he was confused, he decided when he was going to act, he's like, I'm just going to, all right, you want me to act like a psycho? I'll act like a psycho. And he did it. Like, he, like, I, I was just watching it. <laughs> There's this he's excellent so story that Jim Carrey tells about showing up on set, and he's very excited to work with Tommy Lee Jones because evidently he's a very big fan. And I think at this time, Jim Carrey is still kind of fighting to be seen as Jim Carrey's serious actor instead of, you know, the Dumb and Dumber guy. And he's kind of like, well, this is my chance. I can work with Tommy Lee Jones and, and earn some respect. And Tommy Lee Jones does not, doesn't recognize him, doesn't give him the time of day. Um, <laughs> until finally one night they are there they're out at dinner and he sees that Tommy is there as well. And he goes up to him and he says, Hey, can I sit here? And Tommy, and this is Jim Carrey's account of this. So take, you know, this is him saying this, but he said, and Tommy Lee Jones said to me, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to you. I just really hate you. I just really <laughs> hate your work. And Jim Carrey's kind of taking it back and he says, what? And he says, and I remember this very clearly because it's an excellent phrase. He said, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> which which wow. for Tommy Lee Jones to have the sand to say that when he's given the performance he gave as Two-Face yeah, in that movie, seriously. which talk about buffoonery. He, yeah. he is oh. dialed up to 12 that entire yeah. movie. There's no subtlety. Yeah. Jim Carrey comes across as a little quiet next yeah. to Tommy Lee Jones. I know. That's yeah. what's funny. Like, like Jim Carrey almost seems like restrained in some way. In his yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones just like, I don't, I think he actually was going crazy when he filmed that maybe. Yeah. Like it was such a test to his <laughs> Maybe like, he was resolve trying to act himself out of a job. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'd forgotten he worked with Joel Schumacher like the, like a couple of years prior on The Client. Yeah. So maybe oh, Joel sure. Schumacher was sure. like, was like, I've got another favorite. Grisham novel lined up. <laughs> it's called Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think. I don't think people were ready for that movie to be what it was. Like, it's not what people yeah. were going to for a Batman movie in 1994. Well, Five? except it was like it was like the biggest movie though. It did right? really like, well. Yeah, yeah, it did really yeah. well. But the reviews I mean, I were bad everywhere, right? And I think right. it's remembered pretty poorly yeah. now. Although I think, I think it seems that there's a little bit of a critical resurgence. Maybe people are kind of coming around on how on how like very silly it is. Yeah, I don't um, think it's that bad. No, I don't. I think don't. it's, bad I think it's I more think it's enjoyable. Well, I think than Batman Returns. Yeah, I think it's better plotted. I think the pacing is pretty strong, and yeah. I think there's actually some really good moments. I, and I agree with you, Hannah, on on Val Kilmer. I, I think he's. He is a he was an interesting choice for it, and I think he worked. He yeah he had the jawline for it. The costume looked good on him. Yeah, um, it was an extreme. This is this was the era of like extremely anatomically correct costumes, and but but he <laughs> sold it. It was good. Yeah, yes. yeah, chiseled abs. <laughs> yeah, well, and I feel like it in a lot of instances, Batman Forever towed a very 
tricky line uh, that Batman and Robin then completely went over the cliff yeah. on. Um, so, like, you know, I think all, most of Batman Forever is sort of presented with a wink and a smile. Um, where it's like Batman and Robin is more like punching you in the face. They're just mugging at the you, camera the entire yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. Okay, but real quick before you move on, I have to I have yeah. to just bring up one scene in Batman Forever for Forever. for okay. for for fans of Chris O'Donnell. The scene where he does his own laundry. <laughs> you, I in think front you of mean, Alfred. I think you mean fan of Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> what I say? Oh, I, I, you said fan, single fan, fan. the oh, just single fan. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought well, I said something inappropriate or something. Oh, sorry. He like you? he like karate's his laundry dry. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's right. <laughs> so good. Alfred's like, I'll take care of that, Master. Whatever. I don't even call him Master Robin. Master <laughs> no. Dick. Um, Master Dick. Yeah. Master, Master Grayson. But he's like, no, Alfred. I take care of myself. And he's just, oh man, him like he's like he doesn't even use the dryer. He takes his clothes right out of the washing machine, kicks them around to like squeeze the water <laughs> out, right. and I then like uses a mop that. to sling them on. A, it's very cool clothesline. Yeah. yeah, it was it was hey, and then the, this is the best part. He goes to leave the laundry room. He turns around, he looks at uh, Alfred, and he winks. And he just walks out. It's yeah. So good. See again, thirteen-year-old boy. I'm like, that's cool. That's yes. how laundry. Yeah. Yes, I I feel like for our our age group, I I like I feel like that movie probably was a little more of like a. For a lot of us, I imagine that we saw that movie as like our first movie, like in the, in the theater or seeing it when it came it was, out. It was a we very were... early theater-going experience that I remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And because it wasn't as like weird and cringy and inappropriate as the Tim Burton's were, ones were, I think, it's in my a, mind. The inappropriateness was kind of put on the top shelf because it was. But if you're a kid, you, it almost a lot of it went over my head that I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. At later, but I do remember like Nicole Kidman, like like when Batman comes to her bedroom at night and she like walks up with the like the blankets held up over her chest. Yeah. Uh, and like so for Tyler, that was like, what is going on? Like had, yeah. I had no category for this yeah. level of. Okay. I'm going like to give you the woman's energy. take on this. She uh-huh. was seeking it out. She wanted it. She was well, like, yeah. she, was, she was being assertive. <laughs> and then in the Batman movie, the one I, sorry, Batman returns. It was like, it was just like, like oh, awkward I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it was like, yeah. yes, it was sexual, but it wasn't like, I, if, if I had like one of my kids watch any of those movies, which I wouldn't at this age, but if like, if Piper was like 13 and she watched Batman uh, Returns, I would like have to pause it like every two minutes to explain uh-huh. why that was wrong. Yeah, and I feel like it would have been like if I were to have, like watch it with a thirteen-year-old girl, like or sorry, if I were to watch uh, Batman Forever, I would not have to do that as much because it's pretty, it's overt, like we said, like right. it's obvious what's happening. It's not like uncomfortable, and I think that that was an improvement from the first two. Maybe that's just society, you know, no. <laughs> evolving. We live <laughs> yeah. in a society. We do indeed. <laughs> no. As I said, so that kind of gets to the. So that's our. I think that's our take on those. We don't need to spend a lot of time talking about the the Nolan trilogy because those have been talked to death, and I'm sure they've come up here many, many times. Probably. Uh, I would say we're gen- we're yeah. generally fans of the of the Nolan movies. Yeah, I just, I just don't know what else to say about them. Dark Knight Returns isn't very good. I, I agree because uh, I yeah. I recently I rewatched it just like a year ago because um, I was really excited because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I rewatched it, and I was like, oh, "This is not not great." A lot but, of stuff really doesn't work for it. I think it's one of Nolan's yeah. weakest movies. It's my yeah. least favorite of the three for sure. But yeah, yeah. But the other two, obviously, I think Begins great. is even better in some ways. When I watched Begins again, I was I was surprised. Oh, at I love that I movie. It's a great it. movie. It's, Batman yeah, Begins. Is I remember solid. liking it. It's yeah. it's it's really good. And I think kind of forgotten because of how much of a game changer the Dark Knight was. But Begins yeah. is excellent. And, yeah, yeah. And I really like that movie and yeah, yeah we'll have more time to talk about we'll probably go over all this again next year when the batman comes out with rob pattinson yeah. directed by matt reeves um and i've got high hopes for that one i think that yeah. Oh, yeah. there's still too. a story yeah. to be written there it looks look, so far looks that trailer came out feels like three years ago but yeah but solid trailer and obviously in dark knight i think we're all saying is probably the best dc movie right like is that yeah yeah it kind of feels like saying Abraham Lincoln's your favorite president. It's like, well, sure. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah. It's well put. But yeah, I think it, I, I think probably. Yeah. Yeah. If I wish I had a hotter take than that, but I do. Yeah. Think yeah. It's, it's the, I mean, it's not really a hot take at all. The, the best. Speaking, I mean, that's a, that's a theater going experience. I remember. So. Yeah. That was a, that was, I will, I would love to have another theater going experience like that. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that it's opening high, yeah. that opening scene in Chicago because I was living in uh, Chicago at the time. So was I. Yeah, I saw the Navy Robert. Pier. I saw the Navy Pier the opening night, and I'd been yeah, living in Chicago. And having and that I, like so that opening fun. heist when they're like whipping around the so skyline good. and stuff. I was just like, oh, this is where I live. <laughs> Even if the rest of the <laughs> I movie, I saw an IMAX sucked. too. Yeah. So oh yeah. Loud. That yeah. scene with like with the guns. It was so yeah. like you were like, oh my gosh, am I in a robbery right now? This is intense. Yeah. The yeah. the. Well, his direction is really good. I mean, he might Christopher Nolan. People criticize him for maybe some of the intimate relationships he writes, like not always being very believable. But man, that man knows how to direct. Yeah, so Except well for Tenet, but yeah, I haven't seen Tenet, but yeah, yeah, neither have I. Yeah, let's blame we'll blame COVID on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> Hard to shoot. I think a good Dave, movie. I think drink COVID. I think he should blame COVID on that movie, but yeah. <laughs> yeah <fair. laughs> um, so we're gonna we're we're getting a little short on time, but we need to have a little special conversation about all those animated movies because they do because yeah. DC has a huge slate of direct to of, of most for the most part direct to TV or now streaming services animated features that really are they run all over the map in terms of the tone and direction and the voice cast and definitely the quality as well some of them I think are are really quite good uh, and some of them yeah. are pretty forgettable but they do a lot of them punch way above their weight in terms of what a a direct to like a direct to video animated feature has to be um, so Hannah you watched and I don't think either Ryan or I have seen you watched the yeah. the actual anime one Batman Ninja that came out in 2018 yes. yeah yeah and what's funny is like I bought that the moment it came out so I'm like I need to see that because um, uh, it just looks so like the art looked really cool and if you like anime you will like it it's definitely so it's basically an anime. Batman is a shogun right it's like Batman as a ninja yeah, yeah I mean so it's def- I will just say this. It's not like a Batman, an animated DC or Batman show in, in its essence. It's almost more of an anime like show or movie with Batman in it, mm-hmm. which I thought was it was fun. It, it just there was some, I wish the story was a tad more captivating. Um, I think that's like really my only negative review of that um, was I found the actual story to be a little lacking, but it is it is wild. The art is really cool. The it is beautiful. If you love like Miyazaki, if you love good anime, I think you'll really enjoy just watching it because it's such a special and unique, beautifully um, animated movie. Uh, but there is some like some hole on holes. There's some parts of the story that I really didn't care for very much. Um, also, Selena Kyle's boobs are huge. Like, <laughs> so it was just off, obviously something you see like a lot of like anime or like Final Fantasy kind of stuff where whatever sexualizing yeah yeah whatever anyway obvious criticism i could make on that but it's there and i so if i can if i can kind of give you a synopsis without spoiling anything it is about him he's he actually is in a time machine like and there's a lot of villains from gotham involved in this movie like all of the main villains and so the time machine it takes him back to feudal japan medieval basically era and it's about um, so basically each region has like they take over um, the leadership there. And there's a Japanese word for that that I do. I will not even try to pronounce right now. Um, and it's each kind of like they're being lorded over by like poison ivy, the penguin and uh, a few other characters. And uh, oh, gosh, Grog, 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 like the Grog. gorilla. Grog, yes. Or, Grog. Grog yeah, is a yeah. main care as one of the main characters. Oh man! Wow. I was getting confused. Well, now I'm in. Yeah, I know. Now right? I know. That's always like, that's like what? Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously the Joker. But I will say that I think that you'll watch it, knowing you two, you'll probably see some issues with the story, but I think you will enjoy it because it's just it's just super unique and kind of out there. Um, but well, I recommend fun. it. I think that I some know. of the negative yeah, views are a little harsh on it. Yeah, if it has it, grod, on, cool. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. When you said grod, I went from I went. You you had my curiosity, and now you have my attention. Uh, yeah, was, I yeah. figured Sounds that would really interest some people. There's an army yeah. of a million monkeys. Okay. Oh, this sounds great. We'll lead yeah. with that, and with a with yeah. a hive mind. 
it's really cool it's very cool um it's just that's and and i mean it goes out there there's some scenes where it's like am i watching voltron what is going on it's like it's deep into that and i watched it i watched on hbo max so i didn't see um it was like the dub version i would have really liked to have watched it in japanese um I think it would have made does, it a better experience. Does Bruce Wayne get his Gundam, or or is that a spoiler? <laughs> Can you not tell me. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much about it because I feel like okay. the ending is kind of like a big, like probably the better part of the whole. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say anything else. I feel like I said okay. enough. So hopefully, if you're interested right. in it, you're going to see it. I, and right. if you're not, right. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, my curiosity. Right. Yeah, I think I think you both enjoy it, and I think if you are if if anyone out there likes anime and likes comics, this man, this is your shtick. Go mm-hmm. for it. Ryan, have you seen any of the animated? I don't even know if you have seen any of these. Uh, my favorites are a little bit older. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, I, sorry. There are two that I like. Uh, Lego Batman is really great. Lego uh, Batman is really great. Yeah. Yes, it it's is. very silly. Um, and I think the other, I think Lego Movie 1 is probably the best of the Lego series, but Lego yes. Batman's great. Um, uh, Will Arnett. And, so great. Yeah, Arnett he's great in it. Is great as well. It's very funny. And it ends up being pretty sweet too. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. I think Teen Teen Titans Go to the Movies is really good. Um, which I think I've talked on this podcast before about my love for Teen Titans Go. Um, my son went through a big phase with it for a while and I was delighted because it's extremely funny. My kids so, love that. But then they yeah. also try to like jump off the furniture whenever they Yeah, that's the problem so we found careful. too is, yeah, <laughs> is we have to we have to limit the Teen Titans time cuz they also <laughs> like that show also has like a plethora of fart and poop jokes which I like think are very <laughs> funny, but then the kids just go like that's all it is oh for the next gosh. like 3 Charlie hours. Charlie must so, go uh, bananas for that. I can totally Oh yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> that's cute. But yeah, then older stuff I think so. We just said that uh, Dark Knight is the best like DC movie, but uh, I think the second best actually is uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, uh, yeah. which like came out kind of at the peak of the animated films and was a theatrical release. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember I also was not allowed to see that in theaters because it was too dark. When did it um, come out? Like 1994. It came out around the same time as Forever did. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was really overshadowed. Like, was really overshadowed like, by it, yeah. and and I think the idea is that it its box office was hurt because everybody was watching yeah. it was going to forever, and nobody mm. wanted to see yeah. Phantasm, even though yeah. Phantasm is the better movie. Yeah, yeah. I took I took my son to it a couple of years ago when he was three, and he was a little freaked out because it's like it's kind of scary. It gets a little scary. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's really good. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I think it's on HBO Max. Um, and then I also really love Batman Sub Zero, which came out a few years later, um, was direct to video, but is similar to the um, Batman animated series. And then um, I love Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. It's um, great. Which. Yeah, which I think was like the it, I mean, it got all the press because it was like the first PG-13 uh, uh-huh. animated movie, um, but it's really good. Um, if you haven't seen that, I heartily recommend that as well. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Batman Beyond franchise in general. It sounds like such a oh, stupid yeah. idea on paper, yeah. like extreme teen Batman, but <laughs> but they but Paul Dini really made it work. It, he really sold yeah. it. It's a very, really good character. No, I love that series growing up. That was a great series. And I wasn't even a comic reader. I wasn't into any of that, but I remember like turning on the WB and yeah. watching Batman Beyond for the first time and like being utterly captivated. That was a great That's show. Great. It's yeah. it's a it's a weird it's was again another one that punched way above its weight and did not have to yeah. use yeah. it. Well, we can do I a series of Batman Beyond at some point. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah Return yeah, of the totally. Joker. It, it's very it, it's really good. The only the only other one that that I would add to that, and this is a very weird one. I, I think I talked to you guys about it offline last week. Um, but uh, there is you can watch on HBO Max. Uh, it's Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a crossover <laughs> movie yes. that is that is and it. But the reason I want to talk about this one is because I think that is a very at a time when people are really pushing for Batman to be darker and edgier, and he's the serious superhero and the more adult one. The Ninja Turtles crossover. It's not a given that that is going to. Anyone's going to watch it at all? A. Yeah. Anyone's going to green light it? <laughs> Uh, but this movie has a really difficult line to walk between the the very goofy Ninja Turtles and Batman himself, and the where the movie's tensions and really where its its successes lie is in playing both of these characters to their strength. Batman 
and uh, and Nightwing and uh, Batgirl, who are all in this, remain very serious, very grown-up characters. And then Ninja Turtles remain the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they find a lot of really great character interactions in this. It's a movie that is really fun and much better than it has to be. You can absolutely, your kids can watch it. And uh, and I was I, I, I was by myself one night. I just wanted to see why anybody had decided to do this. And I'm really glad that I did because it was very fun. And it's something that I kind of wish some of the Batman like theatrical features would get back to a little bit is owning the superhero side of Batman and just letting it be like letting introducing sci-fi elements into it and letting that be a, a silly part of it. It's, it's a worthwhile extra. It's an exercise that ended up paying off pretty well, I think for them. Worth yeah. watching. Mm. Well, it sounds fun. I'm excited to have like one of those animated series where I feel like my kids can watch it with me without them yeah. bouncing off the couch. Like with the yeah. 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 So, it's one I'm of the perks of Batman is the, the character is so malleable that he fits into a samurai. Like he can be in an anime as about ninjas mm-hmm. and he can be in Ninja Turtles and he can yeah. be a Lego figure. Like I think that's part of the enduring appeal of the character is yeah. Uh, when you just try to box him into one to the Christopher Nolan exclusively the Christopher Nolan cookie cutter mold, which he can do and he works there and he's very good, but that doesn't have to be the exclusive domain of him. There's a lot of possible iterations and I think it's fun yeah. when they push him outside of that a little bit. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. I think that is all that we, we are, we're, I think we're already a little bit over. The producers are going to be, are going to yell at us, but we're, we're doing okay. Thank you so much for listening to Cape Town, everybody. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Cape Town pod and we're on Facebook as well, like the Cape Town podcast. Uh, if you subscribe and, and I hope you do on Apple podcasts, I hope you give us a good review. Uh, I'm seeing people come through with those and I appreciate that. We could use more of them, uh, because they mostly just for an ego boost. They make us feel really good. Um, Thank and also, you. Appreciate everybody, everybody. <laughs> so I appreciate all the comments and and uh, interacting with people online has been really fun this week. So thanks for doing that as well. We will be back. Uh, we'll be talking about Loki and getting ready for the for the Disney Plus series here. So join us for that next time, and we'll see you next week. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Hannah Mazel. And I'm Ryan Ham. No need for thanks, citizen. We will see you next time.